Surprise, fuckers. It's time for the A7FL 3-on-1 podcast. Merry Christmas, dicks. I'm Matt Ryan, joined by Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond, and it is the surprise Christmas episode of the show uh, where we've decided to, we literally decided today, like, why not do a podcast? We were going to take the next two weeks off for the holidays, mainly just so I can watch West Wing in my pajamas like the old man (laughs) I am, but... We are here, and uh, no better way to spend the holiday season with two of my favorite people and my dog just we hanging giving, out behind me, giving me the evil eye. We were given <laughs> Christmas gifts to teens, and we felt, you know, why not give it to every individual with another version of the three-on-one podcast for everyone else to either enjoy, hate, or, hate. or a mixture of both. Yeah. Because that's really the best the best way to spend your holiday season. I do I believe it depends on they don't want a great value version of the podcast, right? They want the real thing. Yeah, so. they want that uncut. Let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, so um, we start this week with the fact that we did something pretty historic, I'd say, on Sunday. Uh, not only was it the first ever national, uh, regionally broadcasted A7FL preseason game, but uh, we were on actual television. Shout out to our friends over at the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network, uh, our friends over at Gray Television, who put us on the air. We'll be on uh, in two weeks. Me, Rob, Corey bringing you the A7FL Nevada action, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, The weird thing was we were doing... We've gotten used to, over the past five months we've been doing the podcast or so, the last 20-ish episodes we've been doing, I always fuck up the amount of episodes we do just because... Twenty-two. 22 okay so I, I knew you would know <laughs> i got that weird recall and i listen to it all the time Corey's our number one I'm fan. fan i'm a big fan big fan, for fan. long time listener long time co-host uh but we were doing it from the exact same way we did the podcast you do the podcast um right. i'm doing it from my studio in my apartment uh rob's in his home Corey's in his home um closet yeah, we actually got Corey found a headset somehow, some way. Corey Hammond had an actual microphone, and there are right. weeks where I I have like hundreds of dollars worth of equipment in front of me, and to break a little bit of the kayfabe on the show, the early episodes of the show featured Rob. The reason why we call him Bachata Bob <laughs> is because Rob works nights sometimes, yeah, and he right. would have to do the podcast. From At wherever work. he was working from that evening. Yeah. So that's where Bachata Bob came duty. from. With, with all the Bachata music playing and people asking me for directions and for smokes and, and cabs and, uh, and... And hypothetical cars making noises that may or may not have been you releasing, you know, whatever. Into the <laughs> you still don't believe me. That's crazy. No, I absolutely believe you, but that was definitely that's that was hilarious. a good joke on me. That's I, I'm going to pat myself on the back. No, that is hilarious. You got that. But we uh, we got to call and get some interesting uh, conversations. We got to see RTC Wilkerson for the first time since the BIC Force game. Fuck, is he good? Like he is a really good football player. And and, and save right. and save for the one defensive play where he was a statue motionless yeah, just as the, a linebacker. Look, I'm not going to blame play. anybody for making business Wanted. decisions in the preseason. Facts. Wanting nothing to do with tackling Pat Nixon. And hey, as we clearly hey. saw, 
Hey, that's the second time. That's the second time, Corey. He met up with Pat Nixon head up on that first catch and just didn't want to do it again. I'm not mad at that. And to be fair, the game was out of reach. So it was like, go ahead, Pat, get in the end zone. Um, But at the same time, it was clear that he was playing for the forces on that play. He was not a (laughs) kryptonite player. He was a Las Vegas black air forces. And it it was abundantly clear that my man RTC was about one thing on that specific play because he played actually one of the best halves of football we've seen from a Vegas player. Yeah. I think period because Darnell Richardson, the quarterback for the kryptonite is an electric player. And he's one of those, like, you know, Kyler Murray run around like, you know, toddler with your, with your cell phone type of quarterbacks. And he was making great plays and bad plays. And it just so happened that, you know, when it when it came down to crunch time, having RTC there for him to just say, eh, you know what, we're going to win this game. That man is something else. And we could talk about comparisons in a little bit. But RTC, you got my respect, man. You guys are so nice because, in all honesty, RTC played a phenomenal game. And if I'm being honest, without him, the kryptonite don't win a damn thing. It's not even – it's not even – I don't even think there's a question. Well, what about Knox, though? What Knox. about Knox? Well, I'm not even sure if Knox is anything other than like an avatar name. He was funny. He was clearly trying to be as incognito as possible. And if anybody, I seen- like Knox though. I do like Knox. Don't get me wrong. Like, but the way RTC was bailing that quarterback out, bro, in the second half. In the whole, bro, it was the mistake bowl. Did you forget what game we're talking about? But it was, was, and you can watch this uh, on hopefully on demand on the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. It'll probably be coming to a7fl.tv. Ooh, I might have just slipped something there. Uh, uh a7fl.tv soon. Um, with with that, it was the mistake bowl, but it gave me a lot of vibes, and we mentioned this on the broadcast. To the rare breed, and Rob, I think you were the one who brought it up. It was rare breed and night crawlers in terms of up until the last ninety seconds or so, it was anybody's game. It was a one possession game with just about two minutes left to go, and it was really solid football. And it was, and you, I know, praise from you. And I say this as someone who has called <laughs> at least three dozen football games with you since March of this past year. Uh huh. Um, getting praise from you is one of the most difficult things. Like I think <laughs> traversing, doing the Forrest Gump run across the country would be easier. Getting. Getting me to go to a, a event on a weeknight would be easier than getting praise from you because it is it is tough. To get I think from you. I think I am more likely to say that I like the game of soccer than Rob is going to say that he likes the game of an A7FL football player if he doesn't absolutely pop out of the screen as one of right. the best guys on the field. Right. Um, you let's let's just go down the list, though. Rob, you did like a couple of the guys, and I know you I like did. Gaither. I did. I, Gaither yo, I, from the gold. Yo, I like Gaither. I definitely like Gaither. 
Gaither, now sneak Gaither's solid. He's solid. Like sneak sneakily from the gold. I'm gonna throw Snoop in there. And what mm, I found Snoop out is later cool. is that Snoop is actually another older quarterback than me. Yeah, so we're we're saw, starting up. I saw the beard. I saw the yeah, salt and, and pepper beard. And we saw that last. And we saw that late because what we're doing is watching the game from that wider angle because right. obviously we're not in Vegas. Right. So when we got the that close up look at Snoop, I'm like. Wait, there's another older quarterback in me season. out there in Vegas. I might have two new quarterbacks. Um, but that was my guy. But who else would you say would, popped on your list? Because you you did say that RTC was a good player. And although we'll talk about the comparison in a second, you would say that he was good, right? <laughs> um, RTC was good. K Uno, K Uno popped out. RTC popped out. Gaither popped out. Knox popped out. And Kane. Um, Oh man, Dustin Kane. Mm. I knew you were gonna Dustin like that guy. Kane. I like that guy. Listen, man, there's a few guys that just stand out. It's like if I know your name after watching your game, that means you did something like for me to keep. I, I said, Dustin, Kane. listen, I spoke to K Uno. Dustin Kane, he said Dustin Kane was all over the field. He was. He was all over the field. He wasn't a ball carrier, and we when we were saying his name, and that's the type of player that you know right. is making an impact. But he doesn't have the ball in his hand, but he's in the frame of the play every single time, especially on the defensive side. And he did have that one catch, didn't he? He had the touchdown catch. Yeah, he did. Um, he did. He did have. He did have he a did touchdown. Or, or, yeah, and he did the return. He almost he took did. it. Right. Um. So, and what I will say is that that. To be fair to the guys, there are other guys that uh, in, in a second watch when we start watching film that we'll see the kind of the hidden plays. You know, a lot of that times we'll, that's when we'll pick up like the lineman plays. Rob, you, you see the lineman more than I do. Yeah, I, but, I do. I watch the lineman. But let me just say this. For all the guys that we didn't mention that are ballers out there, just keep keep grinding. Keep doing the thing. And you will eventually get there if you're worth it. And, and it's not a, a thing about talking about asking for it. Because I think that what's interesting is is half the guys from the Vegas side that were saying, hey, look at me, when we started, half of them we were like, yeah, you kind of are the real deal. Kind of, Yeah, right. Tone, Antonio Smith, the running back linebacker from the from the pit bosses. Oh, my God. Coming from a force. Oh, my God. We've got to talk about that team because it it could be recency bias as as hell, but I think – they're better than the force now. And I think that if we redid the top 10, knowing what we know, Oh yeah. They move up the list. And I think the force, the force are at the, they're at the 10 spot or lower. I think that you can make an argument depending on, cause I'm hearing a lot of stuff throughout some of the newer divisions. And I'm hearing Cincinnati's going to be stacked in terms of talent, in terms of personalities. I think that that I think Cincinnati is going to step up huge this year. I think we're going to see a lot of the promise that Rob, you and I saw in Seth Chambers, kind of come more to yeah. fruition. And I think we're going to see some cats that surprise us. But Vegas is serious, and. Well, I what's think interesting that uh, let me finish. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Because what I was going to say, what's interesting, Matt, is the two the two types of mentalities that I think Ohio has shown, at least at this point, and it's still early. And what we've seen from Vegas is Vegas is expanding and they're trying to have as many teams and as many players as possible to cultivate talent, to build talent, to build you know, a a, a a culture out there that's more than just like an all-star team mentality. 
where Ohio is, at least from what we know now, they're not necessarily going to be able to fill, field the eight full teams that Vegas is going to in the spring. But their four teams might have the, the, the talent more compact into those rosters. So that might be one of the reasons that if we see a team out from the Ohio division, whether it's one of the new uh, Columbus teams or if Cincinnati gets that big jump in year two, we might see one of those teams go with more of the stacked team mentality. And it would be like a combination of, you know, if we were to take, let's say, you know, the gold and the pit bosses, right? If we took the best players from those, that would mean that the pit bosses would get guys like Gaither, would get guys like oh Daquan, 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 right? So, so, that, so imagine Gaither on the pit bosses. But what I'm saying is, is, is if, if that's what Ohio is doing and instead of spreading their talent out, they're kind of condensing it in the short term that actually might pay dividends. But what I think Derek is doing for the long run, having more teams, more players, more attention, all of this, all of this stuff, whether it's just the talent on the field or if it's all the other stuff that makes the place really attractive to go to. They're even, they might even that, that trend that coach Bunak, uh, you know, rest in peace to a great man, but that trend that coach Bunak was trying to get moving for Vegas, that might be something that a lot of these, you know, other players or bigger time players with the ability to, to kind of be mobile and move, they might be looking and saying that that's an opportunity. So it's going to be interesting next year with those two divisions specifically, because Vegas has been, you know, what you would expect like LA and Vegas to be. They're loud. They're look at me. They're they're all show and they're a lot of great things going in. And to be honest, there's a lot of investment of time and all the other things that go into it. Not necessarily solid gold boats, but we're getting there. And then Ohio is almost like the other side of the coin. They're they're completely in radio silence right now. It's right now. It's minus 10 degrees. And apparently there's they're they're practicing football outside. Which Jeez. is just the level of toughness that even us Northeasterners are like. I don't, don't have want it. No, I'm, no, I'm good, bro. I, don't I want good. nothing. I'm I want good. nothing to do with whatever that, that cold, <laughs> cold air off the lake means in, up there. I, I have no, no idea no. what that actually means. I don't want to know. But it's going to be interesting when if those teams or if if the top teams from those two divisions ever get a chance, whether it's in the playoffs in the West, whether it's in the regular season, if they if they go up to head to head, it's going to be a clash of styles that I think might be the most different types of styles that we'll see in young divisions in the A seven FL. Yeah, and then we're not even talking about Florida, and then and whatever is going to come out, dude. I'm hearing stuff about people. People bringing back entire squads, bringing back entire teams. We might championship championship caliber teams. There was a team that played in the league that me and Corey called a championship game of theirs. Listen, and it ruined Rob's year. Ruined my year completely. And that team ruined a a couple of my years. Yeah, Uh, yeah, for real. A couple of my years. That's that team has been. Listen, let's just be honest. Cover. We won't even. I'll let you introduce the team name. But that team has single, single, single handedly been the reason why I missed out on like two or three championships. That team by itself. And and I played with you in in real championship runs, Rob, for two seasons. That's it. Two seasons. And guess who dropped us both times? And the combined score was 90 to 40 
Yeah, because we we cooked. We was cooking that first game. We got cheated, and nobody saw the tape. I and passed for five hundred yards. Yeah, no, that I game will was never insane. not say that because there's that no film insane. of that other than Gerald Bell choke slamming me when I completed a post corner to to Mister Incredible, you know, right in front of the pylon, and I also threw a touchdown pass to CP3, his only CP3. touchdown catch. But yeah, man, that team and Matt, you can say their name. They we, have, we won't say their maybe, name, but uh, people can figure let's, it out. Let's just do this. They'll figure it out. They have maybe a top two, top three, top four, definitely top five receiver of all time in there. Multiple time MVP. But is right he jumping zone. back with him? Because we saw him play at least once Matt, last season. He's jumping back, Matt. Okay. Trust Matt, me, he's jumping back. If, you guys if, know if them I, better than me. A, so I'm Matt, just like looking at it from my perspective. If we took a little quick vacation to to call a game in Vegas and you were like, yo, you trying to call a game again? Would we would we come back? Yeah. Yeah, you Yeah, because I would have lost That's all it. my money. That's <laughs> it. That's it right there. So and they're it's also led league. by maybe top three, top four, definitely top five quarterback in the league. Top three. That's what I would say. But yeah, you know, people three. are gonna argue and they're gonna be like, Oh my gosh. So let's definitely top five, right? And then That's that defensive sure. that defensive line is probably the best defensive line that's ever, like, in a full season. Well, it's it's one of the best right. you, you're you ever going to see. I mean, it's one of the best you'll ever see. It's but if they five. do so, come back, where do they fall in the food chain? Because first thing, the, okay, you, the you filled that gap that they were going to fill anyway. They had Their run was coming. You put within that the BIC and the amount of youth on the BIC. If all the puzzle pieces that need to stay there, stay there, and depth isn't an issue, because we're hearing a whole bunch of stuff about where certain pieces are starting to fall and some things that we've heard that were confirmed. You know, there's no no one signed to a team. There's no contracts. Right. There's You are... You sign up with a team, you join a team, you kind of have the ability to move back and forth. Like, in theory, if Corey wanted to go play for the over-the-top or for the Cincinnati Chilies or the old guard in in Boston, in Washington, he would be uh, able to Boston do so. Boston Tea Party with the logo as Mr. T? <laughs> no? That's not no. a real team? That's not, a, not real a real team? team. Yet, yet. Wouldn't that be a real team? But but Matt, to answer your question for real, nobody on the team I'm about to mention is gonna like this. You gotta remember I'm not on the inside anymore. I'm on the outside. We can only go based off of what we saw. If players from the U are retiring or thinking about doing other things or not getting in shape because they are a little older, that team is just gonna take that team the U spot. It's as simple as that. It, it won't it won't even be it's not even an argument because, again, that team has been most teams' kryptonite, no pun intended, for a while. So that's the that was the last team to beat the yeah. U yeah. before it BIC. Book, yeah, yep. book ended it. Yeah, it was, and was you know three crazy. Let's, and and let's let's just put this into perspective too. Before we completely move off this topic, the team that we're talking about, as great as they are, as great as they are, they they were in for six years. How many championships did they win? One. Just one. That's how good and, the U is. And and here's the thing. We're talking best case scenario yeah. here, right? Yes, sir. We're, we're saying the best case scenario, they come here, they dominate, they're the number two team, they're going against BIC, blah, blah, blah. The more realistic view is they're going to 
end up being mid because it's been a while. They're going to be you know the top. They're going to be the top of the the, the middle, or they're going to be in, top in of the, the middle. Mix they of won't. The top. Yeah. I would say they're they the three seed the in New Jersey. If things are where they're going right now, they're the three yeah. seed in New Jersey and, and, because they have to get everything back together. I think they right. still play and, together, and but by the playoffs, maybe they figure it out by then because I but think the fight, that's interesting. It's a three way fight between Snow Snow Tribe, Renegades, and this team. No I love I love my team. And I have respect for the team that I used to play for. Mm-hmm. But if if the players that were... Knowing what we know, Corey. That's what but, I'm saying. But what Knowing I'm saying, what if, if the players that were what they were are still what they were, and they're not, you know, they're not the four years older versions of themselves, and it's a little bit different, I don't think it's a hot take, even though I'm part of the Snow Tribe and think that we have a bright future. I don't think it's a hot take that of those three teams, that the team that we're not... It's it's like Voldemort. The team that will not be named is is likely a better team than uh, of those three. They're the best of those three. The team that will on, not be on named. On paper, on paper. Yes, but remember, and that's really all we're talking about. Yeah, we're, we're talking on paper because last year, Hawks on paper were probably the number three team in New Jersey on paper. And, I mean, and it didn't pan out. But. We haven't seen any A7FL football from, you know, four, you know, Eight ninths of the league since July. It's been five months. Right. It's been five months, almost six months since a championship game. And you're looking ahead. I think this fall brawl is giving a lot of advantage to Nevada. I know there's some guys in New Jersey who wanted to have a fall brawl after seeing what Nevada was doing. The the edge is going to remain on the BIC. And I think that a pit bosses BIC championship game because of the changes I'm hearing, the possibility of an East West championship game is in the cards. So we could see a whole bunch of things break between now and then I could see a pit bosses BIC championship. And depending on the path to the playoffs, and where the championship game is, the line is closer than you would think it is. The BIC still win, in my opinion, but it's a closer game than we'd imagine because the BIC <laughs> to get because Rob in this scenario, I'm listening. I'm with the you. BIC with would you. have to play at least the U once in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. That would probably be in the conference or whatever championship game. Mm-hmm. If they get a bye, they still they have to play two opponents. And it could be the team that we, you know, team that shall not be named. Mm-hmm. It could be the Snow Tribe. It could mm-hmm. be a, it could be the Nightcrawlers. We don't know how this is going to break down. So in a, there's a hypothetical situation to where going to the championship, the BIC would have to play consecutively. The rare breed, the night crawlers, and the U, or at least some combination of the three. Whether it's two, or t- it would most likely be two of them. But still, you're going through a meat grinder in back-to-back weeks, and then you're going into a championship game that may not even be on your turf. We may see a championship game for the first time ever in A7FL history not take place in the Northeast. Right. And the, and and if there is a travel situation, we know how that can affect things. And that might be an equalizer. But let me let me just say this because I think 
I think that I just want to be that guy. And I'm still, I, I'll be honest, and I'm still kind of deciding with myself um, if I'm just being contrarian or if this is my true take. But I think it's somewhere in the middle because for where we're going and, and Matt, and I think, Rob, you're on the same page. So I think this will be a nice little little argument here for a couple minutes. But you guys are already just throwing the force just right to the side based on oh, how dominant yeah. the pit boss bye, has bye. been, right? Yep, bye. And I think I think you guys have every right to do that. But what I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm not just being a, a, a Rock Briscoe apologist because he's my favorite quarterback because he's older <laughs> than me. Because as we just said, there's also Snoop out there. Greg Smith is older than me. Like, like Snoop. But – we have to remember that when these two teams, even though there's a, a, a difference in the roster construction, and obviously that's a big factor, there's a difference in the fact that the Force aren't in this uh, tournament and the pit bosses are, and they're getting that extra work. That is a factor. But last year when these teams played, it was 25 to 13. And as much as I love Coach Bartley, what he was saying is, is that with the constrictions and the restrictions that his team had, he was he was impressed that he was able to hold the force to 25 because we can say a lot of things. But what we saw from that force is that they had an identity. They have good players. And I think that there's definitely things that they need to improve. Now, I, to be fair, I also talked and had a conversation, a long conversation with Rock Briscoe. And it wasn't just about what pain medication we use on Mondays. I'm so <laughs> tired of Cordia. <laughs> But I respect the guy, and I, like I said, I've watched him torch some of the defensive backs out in Vegas last year, and he's not bereft of talent. He's not the guy that we we, we grew accustomed to in the two games that we saw him. But I think it is fair for you guys to be on that side, but I, I think what this pit boss emergence means more is that whoever it is, whether it's the force or the pit bosses, it's clearly going to be what Chris Vera, the commissioner out there is talking about where, where iron sharpens iron and the more talented teams and the more com competent rosters that either of these teams play in the regular season, that's just going to prepare them for, for that playoff run. And if they do get a chance in the East. So whether you guys think that the forces is the forces or are they the force to be reckoned with out there? I think either way, the rise of the pit bosses is nothing but great for the Nevada division in general. I agree. But here is where I think it gets dangerous. And I have to be very careful with what I say because we have to understand that we now have a, a certain level of influence on what might go on out there. So there's certain things I'm not saying, like I'm giving hypotheticals. I'm not saying this should happen. I'm not, you know, if the force watch this fall brawl and out of these teams that they're seeing going to recruit hunt then i would say the pit bosses are in trouble if the force can snatch a gaither snatch a k uno snatch a, a dustin you get what you get where i'm coming from if they can put pull some of those pieces because at the end of the day it's vegas versus everybody right if you stack your two top teams, you know, go through the gauntlet in Vegas, do what you do, do what you do. And I know nobody wants to hear about the stack. I know they don't. But if you stack your two top teams and then have them duke it out, then it's like, okay, now the, whoever wins that game is an honest threat to Florida, to mid to top te tier teams in New Jersey. And you'll, you'll get, 
you'll get a championship if it's forced to be a West versus an East Coast. You'll get a better championship than I, you would if you didn't. I thought the hating on this side of the country between the teams and the divisions was a lot. Like the the amount of shit talk that goes on between the BIC, the U, all the teams out east. Las Vegas built different. Yeah, they. Ba- I was about. I knew you were leading up to it, so I was gonna. I, that, I I should be commended for how quiet I was while you were saying that, Matt. <laughs> but go on. The the rivalries there, and I'm a wrestling promoter. I need people <laughs> to remember that I promote wrestling shows. When I'm not doing this fucking nonsense. <laughs> I mean. The heat to, is so f- real between them. It's a dry heat. No, but to be fair, to be fair, because I know the New Jersey guys are listening like, oh, my God, we're, t- we're tired of hearing about Vegas and blah, blah, blah. To be fair, New Jersey was the same exact way. Something happened and everyone just all of a sudden came down. Be- Calm down because. At the end of the day, it is a camaraderie. Like, there's a brotherhood in New Jersey. Yeah. Like, when I laced up against BIC, those are my bros. I love those guys. But between the whistles, I wanted to kill them. Vice versa. When I was on BIC and against the U, I had battles with those guys. So, outside of the game, I love those guys. So, there's not as much shit talking on the boards and blah, blah, blah. But in-game is where you see it versus Vegas right now. It's more on the boards than it is in the game because Mm – on the boards, they're going to yap, 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 yap. In game, Hunters are probably going to smoke this team. You know, OTT is going to go OTT, and the pit bosses are going to do some pit bossing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going <laughs> to kick some ass. The Hunters are going to go on the hunt. <laughs> well, I was actually – I made a post on their little player page, and I, I was just saying it because it was, it, was, it, it was a very old man moment for me. But I was reminiscing about, like, town beef. A7FL, right, so right. as Matt talks about, because that's what it was. And mm-hmm. and especially in the fall where it was really oh, yeah. just like it was the Wild West in the fall. And sure. we, I always talk about what happened in that Savage BIC game. And and nobody wants me to bring it up because nothing you know, happened. Before, uh, yeah, nothing did. <laughs> Not at all. And I'm Moving not going to mention that I had a walk off touchdown with a with a one foot tap at the back of the end zone. Oh, was absolutely! Fuck you. you were definitely going against us. You sack of potato yes, chips. That was you that was though. Oh my! That's God. how I got to my only chip appearance in a fall, and then yeah. lost to the Chiefs. That was one of the only fall brawls. That was one of the last fall bra- brawls I, I count, think I played. Should I count my uh, playoff wins in fall? I never do because I only I New always Jersey say that I only... doesn't count fall exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only so, Baltimore so, and Vegas do. So, so anyway, back to the pit bosses. Uh, they, t- uh, and, and to confirm, the fall brawl is a preseason. It is right. not the regular season. If we have not announced well, it already, we haven't announced the opening day of the A7FL. What's the, what is it? March 26, 2023, we are back. And we will be bringing you the games of the week. And guess what, guys? Guess who's announcing the games of the week? It's us. We're back. Oh, hey guys. Yeah, so uh yeah, um uh, we have Can you tell the me head of playing? <laughs> we can't I can't tell you I can tell you nope. that if you are interested in watching teams from other divisions, we got you, fam. We are going to be bringing you and if you're if you've watched our Vegas coverage, 
you have seen what you guys are going to get souped up in March. Yeah. The ability for us in real time, we're all watching the games at the same time. Um, the live coverage from other divisions doing multiple games from multiple sites a day. And within that, just so much cool shit ahead of us. But uh, the head of live broadcasting, uh, me, that's it's me, uh, one of the heads of live broadcasting. Uh, if anybody didn't know, I'm one of the producers of the TV show. Kind of why I've got the job. But um, Are you the prince that was promised? Are you the dragon with three heads? Sorry. The fuck are you talking prince. about? What Bro. Game of Thrones, Every, Joe Game of Thrones, guys, they'll know. Game going, of Thrones incest moving. dragon bullshit are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, I love doing If you watch the show, you'd be like, I'm all right with it. I'm not going there. I'm going to move on. Um, But we will be back in 2023. Matt, Lena Hetty? <laughs> yeah, if she was your aunt, you'd be okay with it. Daenerys Targaryen, you'd be fine. Back to the bozo. Yeah, back. Babies. Yes. No, joking, 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 joking. Um, but I wanted to go through some of the stuff that, you know, we didn't get a chance to in 2022. Um, I want to go through some of the comments uh, on our YouTube channel. Mm. Uh, some of the some of the best comments of the year. Uh, this one coming in from the owner. And this is from a game that Rob LJ Smith and I did because Corey Hammond was sadly on the sidelines, uh, from the Silk City Animals playing the Old Bridge Hawks. Didn't know I was supposed to laugh this hard watching football. The commentary was gold. Not going to shit on these guys on either side. Clearly, they're doing something that makes them feel good. Silk City was tired, no bench, and you really can't build a team with just linemen. Uh, when Models was going out of business, he was in there cleaning up. That is a line of the year candidate. Uh, that's, like, that's like poignant, funny, like inside football, that that comment that don't give that guy yo he he should probably do broadcasting for us <laughs> based on that comment. That's the best comment I've ever heard on social. It's media succinct. It has a point. What's his name? Uh, that is so the owner on YouTube. Oh, it's a, the owner of YouTube, likely. So that, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Shout out Susan Wojcicki. Um, yeah, he's he's, a, he's like a Mensa member. He's like yeah, he's a genius. <laughs> Uh, this one coming in from the Gators BIC Final Four game. Uh, I think the commentators are trying to talk over each other at least 30% of the time. Way too many voices trying to make a point and not enough professionalism. To that I say, fuck you. Fuck you again. Taking this all in stride and I'm having fun here. But we do have a tendency sometimes to, Corey, uh, talk over each other. And I, that's just because the genuine enthusiasm we have for this game. Like, the one thing I love about what we do and getting to do it with you guys is that we all, for different reasons, give way too much of a fuck about the A7FL. Um, for me, the A7FL has given me more purpose and opportunity than a lot of other things in my career outside of catalyst wrestling and maybe one or two other things that I've worked on. I cannot, you know, the level of ownership I have in this and the level of effort and sacrifice and the level of friendships and stories I have from working in this league. And let's be honest, Matt success. Yeah. 
You've been all over ESPN. <laughs> yes, we yeah we have. But we that, definitely have. It's it's and also because just, you did what they said, Rob, and you were stepping on his call. But <laughs> was I stepping but perfectly? I don't know. No, I, no it's perfect. No, I'm not the background hussing. Well, no, that's that, going that, crazy. No, the dam. I think the dam was the, dam the was only. Tough. Yeah, man, the dam was the most perfectly placed syllable in broadcasting so... in probably Listen, the past thirty years. That was the really. I'm telling you right now, I can't Dirt even it. redo that dam. It was. It was authentic. I saw it live. That was like deep from the diaphragm. That, yeah, you, you felt the juke. And, and and I just wanna I just wanna say, uh, you know, we're we're in the Northeast, so one of the I would say influences in my broadcasting is I I listen to the Michael K show on ESPN with Don Lagreca and another guy. And because I'm a fan, I'm just gonna say the other guy, knowing that it's Peter Rosenberg. But if he ever hears this, he'll know the joke because everybody wants to just leave him out. And random, uh, random quarterbacks from random leagues might as well. But they always talk about because Michael K is the broadcaster for the Yankees that stepping on a call is like the biggest sin of all time. And I would just love to hear, uh, 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 uh you know. Let's just say uh, a tight individual in Michael K here, the way that some of us try to step on the beautiful calls from Matt Ryan, because I think we could potentially get Don LaGreca to explode. Uh, I think he might explode. You know, I worked with Don LaGreca, right? Yes. Yeah, I was uh, when I was working. Work- you can name drop all day, Matt. I don't want to be a look at me, Louie, but um, when I worked uh, at Bloomberg Radio, when I started out in the industry, this is a decade ago, um, I would, every once in a while, Bloomberg would get overflow with the Rangers games. So I would be the person behind the board, you know, the guy that's playing all the commercials and the one that's telling you you're listening to whatever radio station pushing all those buttons. That was me. And I would get to work with Don, um, just keep, let him know what commercials were coming up. Basically, the job my good friend and yours, Alex Boom Boom Soberman, does for us uh, during right. the A7FL season. And I got to say, he... Don was a good dude. I love Don. Don was awesome. But, yeah, those how... blowups are great. How would he feel about what we do to you on a daily basis <laughs> in the A7FL? I think he because... would enjoy it. No, I don't you, think you, you listen to their never, show. That you never know. What I'm saying it's a little different, you know. Like it, that, your, that's the... your damn, your damn. I think is the perfect. Like I said, it's one of the best syllables ever in broadcasting. And I don't want to. I don't want to bore these guys with us just talking about how great our relationship and chemistry in the booth is. <laughs> but let, let's just be honest. The type of of broadcast you're getting, commenter that has an issue with our, us stepping over each other is not the type of broadcast that you might expect and maybe it's for the better. I would I would argue that. Yeah, that's one of the things about the A7 that's really helped me as an announcer because when I walked in I was like super serious, like I am a sports announcer guy. But when I started here and this is one thing I've done throughout my career um was try to find humor and try to be funny and try to be more of myself than just a factory farm announcer. Like I went to Hofstra for a little while, went to WRHU and they produced some amazing broadcasters, but I never really fit in because even though I can do all the things that a broadcaster does and say all the things the right way and give you the time and temperature every 10 minutes here on WFUK, 
<laughs> I grew up listening to Ron and Fez and Opie and Anthony, Howard Stern, you know, loving comedy, just watching Monty right. Python every day. And I come from wrestling. So I take things very seriously. Anybody will know if they if they work with us. They know how seriously I take my job and I take what we do. Very serious. Um, but I'm not a dick, at least to these guys, I'm not a dick um, about this stuff. Far from it, actually. Yeah. But we just stay out of your way with the tech stuff because we have nothing oh, to yeah, do with listen, it. Listen, <laughs> y'all don't want to be in the way of Matt when he, listen, when they going through it back there and they piss Matt off. Just, <laughs> it's listen, not that they just, piss me off. It's not that I, they I, piss I know. Me off. Listen, when something, listen, when something doesn't go right, listen, that Matt voice that comes out, I'm like, yeah, I'll, listen, I'm just, I got his back. I ain't anybody <laughs> act up. I'm with him. But damn, Matt be <laughs> folks so crazy sometimes. <laughs> Not in like an evil way either. It's just like it's, Matt, it's Matt, hey, hey, that's the biz, man. Yeah, that's the biz. Matt can take it there. I'd be like, don't think Matt's some little softy, some little gentle <laughs> bozo. Like Matt's actually one of them. Like it took me a second to realize it, but when Matt is like, who the fuck cut off the radio on, on, on broadcast one? I'm like, oh, shit. Y'all and based on up. the fact that Rob could not find one of the right words in, in his example, <laughs> Listen, bro. knows that me and Rob are just sitting at like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't want no smoke. They're, they're using acronyms for shit. Bro, and me, <laughs> and me there's and Corey. Like, and there's like, there's, he, he just has to tell us like, no, no, you got to unmute yourself. Oh, it's like, it's like. And the, no, you just muted yourself again. Unmute. Okay. And then we just say in the back. But, you know, for all the fun that we have on the broadcast, I would say maybe, guys, we would be what? A great value inside the NBA? Because I think as, as that's a great broadcast team. What? What, oh, maybe, what did I do? Maybe that's not. a great listen, anything. listen, that's a great broadcast team. And when you're compared to if, if we've been, I've been heard, I've heard that before from some of our right, fans. Right, right, right. And when we're, when we're compared to uh, like greatness, it, even if we're a great value, which it's still technically great. we are, I, I'm happy about it. I take that as a win. The amount of I times I have been assassinated in the street in our IG comments, our YouTube comments, <laughs> you know, things from even players. Or just like, who the fuck is this white motherfucker just yelling at me? He is just yelling at me this entire time. What is this long-haired asshole doing on my television? Which is fair, and things I've heard from family members, but <laughs> how about when we were, how about when we were interviewing OG Buck and he kept going like this, Ryan, Ryan, you hear me? <laughs> I wanted so bad to t be like, yeah, it's it's Matt Ryan, remember? But uh, I, I, I was already. I was already too bad. That no, episode. no, but, but but back to the great value thing because I, I I hear okay. Before I even take it there, Matt, should, am I supposed to be PC about this? Or can I just so go? the like, one thing like, about like our Batman show Jones said on our show, he asked, "Do do you want it raw and real?" <laughs> what, I'm saying. What, what did you say, Matt? I'll, what did you I'll, say, Matt? I, I want did the raw and real, but no, I will I add a layer of preface to this. Okay. The one th and I was leading to this point. The one thing we do on our show is we are we are the Manning cast in real time. We'll do the first and 10 ball on the 45-yard line, split set to the right, and we'll give real, in-depth break. Like, Rob and Corey, in my opinion, don't get the credit that they deserve for the ability to break down this game. 
And the reason why Rob and Corey occasionally trample me like uh, Mufasa did in the first act of The Lion King. That's tough. <laughs> is because of how much. You and then the wildebeest trampled Mufasa in retaliation. Because <laughs> beast is that why he really died yo chill go ahead anyway keep going case and pl- i'm kidding um but the reason is we need a show killer button oh we just my god Corey, shut up. i'm muting go ahead, i'm muting. Go ahead, it's it's we you guys are so passionate about it and you see things that nobody else sees and you want to shout it at the it's just three we're literally three dudes sitting and yelling at a television in the basement of a high school stadium. Like that is our job. We get paid to show up to the ba- now into our houses and now we don't have to leave the house. Um, but I do miss sitting very uncomfortably close to all three of you gentlemen in that oh football God, basement. That, that's one of the greatest YouTube comments. They said our, t- our thighs were touching <laughs> under the table and I freaking, I couldn't keep my composure. I had to keep looking away from the screen and laughing when they said that. That shit was hilarious. And and I love comments like where that bust our balls and then they'll come around and say, but their commentary is hilarious because because right. at the end of the day, the product we're putting out on the field is a different kind of football. So we have to be a different kind of announced team. Right. And we're going to be adding more pieces in 2020. It's kind of like the cycle of entertainment. Right. And I don't want to get into a bigger discussion because I think we need to get back to great value as quickly as possible. <laughs> Um, but it, it's kind of the, it's kind of the cycle of entertainment because basically what I think people love about our sport is that it isn't and is right. So what Matt does is he gives you the solid play by play that you would probably expect, but he also gives you the, the flair and the wrestling, you know, manager excitement that you aren't going to get from some of the guys that if we were compared to, we would, we would be, you know, blushing, right? Like no one's going to say that Matt, you're like a, a, like a apples to apples comparison comparison to a guy like, like Jim Nance. No, but didn't you say hi there instead of hello there? You're like, hi there. Right. (laughs) And, And it was even funnier and better because you knew the context of that. And I think we made, uh, you were doing a, uh, a, a Richard Nixon voice when Pat Nixon scored a touchdown. Is, are we ever going to hear that ever? No, not unless you're watching the best version of football you possibly can, where guys like Savion Cunningham and Shanti Worthy are juking three guys like they're not even in front of them. Right. Like we got like we got guys like RTC that are just taking over halves and just, you know, doing, you know, very courage-like things, but just to a maybe a, like a little bit of a lesser degree. And, and, and we got guys like uh, Trey Robinson, who not only was showing that he mastered this game out there, at least um, from the quarterback position for the pit bosses so far, at least in the, in the first uh, two weeks that we've seen him. But he's also the first one that's posting on the on the page. And thank goodness we didn't have him live on Fox <laughs> 5.2 because I could read some of the things he was saying uh, when he, after scoring touchdowns on the sideline. And it was very spicy to say he was going crazy. Our league. Our league is. Basically, kind of like just the best version of the three of us just maxed out and. You know, what I love about our commentary, and I love that the fans enjoy it too, is that it's probably the realest, it's probably the realest reaction to watching yeah. a game with friends that you're ever going to get on live television. That was my point, is that 
the most fun I've ever had watching football was sitting on my couch watching with my friends or right. sitting in my buddy's basement. Like my best friend, Rich, um, like watching football with him and his brothers are some of my favorite memories because it's just, oh, mother. Like, And we can't curse on TV, but right. it's that hanging out with people like in a relaxed atmosphere, even though my blood pressure is like hitting the fucking roof because I know we got 18 yeah, commercials in between, in between takes. Yeah. 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 We've got 18, 18 commercials. We got to get these games on the air. I'm trying to make sure that we all have the right numbers. I'm coordinating with four people behind us, three people upstairs, five other mm -hmm. people on Slack. Um, I'm trying to make sure that we all look, somewhat decent on camera i'm running like and also thank god the bathroom in asbury park high school is like 15 feet away because yeah, once cool. we go to commercial sometimes it is just a horse race to who it's like we take turns it's like batting like i'll bat first you bat second you bat third and we're just running in between the games because we're on the air we were on the air for six and a half hours on sunday no. Yeah, that shit reminded me of when we were in Delaware. Oh, 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 man. Oh, my God. That was one of the longest days. There are days where we would, I would wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to go to Asbury. Yeah, that's that goes back to me and Rob just kind of hanging back while you do all the heavy lifting, Matt. <laughs> so that's another example of what time on that day did you wake up, Rob? Probably like, what, 9.30 because you got kids? Latest? Yeah, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Was it 6? Yeah, rolling in there, dressed fresh, like, oh, what up? What up, Matt? Matt's in there with his hands in his hair, just shredding them. Like, we gotta get camera three. How are we not getting camera three? <laughs> we gotta get camera three. But it and then it's just, the and then it's just like nine other dudes with the same amount of anxiety as I do. Just shout out to the the people who worked on our production last season, the people who work on our production at Fall Brawl, because. It's like group therapy. Every week, it is like group... Th going through live broadcasts with people is a group... It's a cathartic experience because did you are you just... Catch, did you catch what, what was on the... What the uh, Vegas players were watching on YouTube, the, the live stream that they caught? Because I don't know if you remember, Matt, that you were, you were actually caught singing... And the Vegas players heard that, and they got my Bane voice. They got all that. That's all. That's all for the consumption of the Vegas players. So they got a little bit of you know inside stuff there, and uh, you know that maybe if you want to get a chance, Vegas, go check out those the, those first couple minutes before we were on air, because there's some true comedy there. But back to this great value shit. <laughs> we took a long fucking deed. Oh, we we took down we went down a long rabbit hole on this podcast. You haven't fucked forbid. Um, but yeah, the true value thing. One thing that was brought up was a comparison between RTC Wilkerson and Courage Mosey. And wow, there that, was that sounds like high praise. And yeah, no, it Courage Mosey, in my opinion, is the greatest running back in I've seen in my three seasons in the A7FL. Because I didn't get to see uh, Daryl Vergies in the A7FL. Oh, boy. And oh boy. RTC Wilkerson is getting into that class for me because he's not he's not where Courage is in, in the lore of the A7FL. 
He's not the GOAT. Courage is the GOAT. No, yeah. But I Two-time see... Champ. Yeah, I see a lot of the same tendencies. I see a lot of the same. It's an equitable comp, and RTC has a high ceiling. This is not someone who's going to be a one and done. He's not someone who's going to completely collapse his legs. He's not going to be a guy who's a flash in the pan because if he remains with the force, he's going to be one of a marquee group. If he stays with the kryptonite, He's not the only option on offense. He better not stay with the kryptonite. <laughs> there, were tur- is, there, were two turn- there were two turnstiles in front of my guy, Darnell Richardson, try- you know, basically playing Olay. And not- I'm not talking about, you know, Olay Bell. I'm talking about a Matadors t- style <laughs> offensive line play. I think RTC very quickly told Darnell Richardson, the quarterback over there, and he's calling himself smooth. I might call him Lex Luthor. But I think RTC told him, hey, no handoffs. Let's just do this swing pass stuff. Come on now. Listen, listen I'm, ju- I'm just trying to be nice before Christmas and not tear into some of these teams and some of these guys. But, g- guys, if the RT- I compared RTC to freaking courage. That shit is a compliment no matter how it was said. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying RTC's trash. I'm not saying he's ass or you should bench him or anything like that. I'm just saying he looks like if courage is a 99, he looks like a courage at 85. All right. He and he can get, like, but he can get to 99. That's the thing is that yeah, we're not, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying if I had to compare his style to a style that I'm familiar with, yeah, he looks like courage. He does a lot of courage esque things, but again, not to diminish courage by saying he plays like RTC courage does a lot more than what RTC does. But that but comes with experience, right? that comes with yes. time, that comes yeah, with the mastery of this RTC's, game. RTC's potential, and I'm it's coming from a guy who before Sunday, I didn't give two shits about RTC. I didn't even think he was half as good as you guys were saying he was. But after watching the Kryptonite basically lean on him the entire game, because he was their entire game, I am more of a believer in RTC now than I was before Sunday. And I can definitely understand how he was electrifying and doing what he was doing in the league because on Sunday he showed just that, that he can do it all. RTC is an all-purpose player. He went out there, he was getting runs on offense, he was playing defense. A lot of the tackles that were made were because of him. He got in there and stuffed a lot of those tackles. So I'm very impressed with what I saw with RTC. Very. And you I'm just saying, not impressed with the kryptonite. Well, and you saying, Rob, that this guy's name in the same sentence as would you say that's one of the most revered players you've ever played with courage um yeah yeah i'm, I'm, and, I'm not gonna and, lie to you and He's courage is and courage is not you know courage is not just the running back no right, Rob? He's and a so when end. you're saying He's a and when you're walker. saying he's, he's a great value and 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 he's even more than that because he's the same guy and we i can't say it on the national broadcast right because this is explicit matt make sure that right. it's explicit but he's the same guy that when your team's losing, I don't know if it's great leadership or motivation, whatever it is, but he's the first guy that's getting into other faces of the players that are not playing at his level of intensity, which is yeah. which is 170 yeah. out of 99. Yo, why are you playing like some hoes? Yeah, y'all, yeah. Y'all some hoes. Yeah, and like no. when you see Courage screaming, it's at his own teammates and he's getting them involved. And, and then no one's getting upset. I need you to understand. I've been and, there several times when Courage has done that. Where, matter of fact, Corey, when we lost to the Immortals, 
the last four people that were playing were me, you, Courage, and Scat. That's, That's it. it. We were the only players playing while we were getting blown out. That's it because I can't, I can't go out like that. I have mm. to play. Like I can't go out like that. So when Courage does shit like that for me, it's a motivator. He puts the fire back in me to keep going and go crazy. But at the time, in that same season when we beat the like understaffed Immortals, Immortals, and Courage, it, it, that was one of my worst games as a quarterback, right? But I had a touchdown pass at the end of the game because I knew that if I put it anywhere near Courage, he Franco Harris that shit right off the turf and took that shit seventy yards. And you and, actually and see me running? Tackles. Yeah, you yes. actually see me running behind him trying to get blocks and help him out. Like that's the kind of inspiration a guy like Courage. Commands. So this is this is a this is a, a near what eight year vet. Oh yeah, courage is yeah, courage is like that. Pretty much every year in this league, he's gotten at least six hundred to you know fifteen hundred yards. So nice. he's likely if we're not because we don't keep the stats, he's likely if not the leading rusher of all time in this league. He's probably in the top five without question. Oh, I think and he's he was top two. he was easily the MVP of a championship game in which. Your team, Rob, was down in 2016, and he was the RTC against the gold against in the championship at the highest level of his competition, basically doing everything for his team to win. So when, when you say anything is comparable to one of your favorite players that you've ever played with, one of Come the on, best man. players that's ever played in this league, that has got to be taken as praise. And if you are slighted by that, I don't know what would make you happy, bro. Nothing. Just just come to the East and let courage cook and you. To be and fair, you'll, you'll to like be it. fair, I don't think RTC RTC no. is not to be a, a, a party in this, which is even weirder. Because oh, yeah, if anybody RTC, would take, right. if anybody would take, yeah. Let's be right? clear. Let's be clear. It's not RTC who had an issue. But with, but this is this is to a larger conversation of where we stand in the A seven FL ecosystem, and just our intent is to, in real time, assess the play and explain what's going on on the field. We are translators from the people at home to the people at home for what's being seen on the television screen. And there are times where we will be very blunt in our assessment, and there will be times where we're not. And it's, I think when we give the blunter criticisms, that is more of a compliment because we are giving an unnuanced real opinion and backing it up. These are not asides. These are things that we kind of scientific, you know, we do the scientific method every single week when, and, and if you're analyzing football at all, it each week is a new week. You are taking past learnings and you are applying them to what's ahead of you. Like with the amount of notes I take, you know, before a game and I, you know, me, Rob and Corey, we go through them. It's pages of notes facts and it's all about trying to completely understand excuse me i thought you started crying no 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 my son the the demons came and got me for a second i had to use my cough button you guys just don't understand (laughs) my bad no but it's it's not to say the hardest job in the a7fl is going out on the field stepping onto the field you know the fact that Corey does it on a weekly basis and broadcasts is a Herculean fucking effort. Like I wouldn't, Facts. but I'm done doing it, <laughs> <laughs> but with there's no harder job in the a seven FL. And our job is to 
give a pragmatic view because there's no real homerism for any of us because Rob's retired and played for multiple teams. The only real homerism is with Corey and a lot of it is just us dicking around and actively rooting for Corey because he's our friend and broadcast colleague, but we're also <laughs> secretly lo- rooting for them to lose. So Corey will come back to the booth because it just feels weird with him not there. Um, but with everything that moves ahead, like we're, we're not trying to be shitty people. We are trying to humorously critique other people in a somewhat professional manner. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> you guys absolutely have been great humans and i commend you and let me just say this i actually had a conversation with my guy jermaine levy denying crown um and that's a cool dude man because he said he laughed at some of my jokes but uh to be fair he's not he said he's a running back so i, I to put it in perspective man you had better stats against pit bosses than i've had against the U at times now, you had Savion Cunningham, but that's another story. But, uh, you know, I think that when we're doing what we're doing, just know that we're always trying to do what's best for the league, except for me, because I will always include myself in the conversation at least 60% of the time, when I probably could just do it 10% of the time and would still be just as effective. But on that note, guys, because – I think that this is a great gift that we're given this extra bonus episode. And I think everybody's going to love everything that we say, especially what Rob's saying about the force. (laughs) But if RTC is the great value courage, Mosey, let's go around the Nevada division just to make everyone else happy and start kind of, kind of seeing and giving some perspective to some of the people who aren't able to get that broadcast in real time. You know, some of the guys that we're seeing out there and maybe who they're comparable to, because I think I might just start and say that I might let just let's let's piss everybody off in the world. And you guys are going to know that, of course, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is is slant, you know, you know, two steps of Kevin Bacon uh, related <laughs> to Corey Hammond, Corey Hammonds. But you guys might think this is blasphemous, but I think it's great because it's going to be very interesting. Oh, you guys Same. are going to hate me. Yo, you're going to groan so hard. Savion Cunningham is the Vegas Eddie Pettyote. Shut up. (laughs) Shut the hell up. That guy is electric. He's one of the best receivers in this league. He's faster than you've ever seen. And on a fade, if you try to press coverage coverage him, nobody's getting you. There's guys playing 12 – Yards coverage off. Eddie, so. Eddie, please send Corey a Christmas gift because no one loves you more than him. I promise you that. Listen, Eddie Pettio, in my opinion, has done nothing of note to be he honest. Eight, okay, but how about this, Rob? Just and it is what it is. But in 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 he had eight touchdown catches in five games last against year. who? I, I mean, all right, yeah, it wasn't cool. the you. All right, that's it. I don't want to hear about Eddie Pettio. And I like the kid. Maybe next year he does something and we can talk. Not about maybe, him. Rob. Not maybe. But anyway, you no. guys go because I just, I just wanted to. I, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Kwame Southall. I want to talk about K Uno. All right, oh, I got, no, I got you. K- I got you. I got you. you guys for do it. I got my own. You might I got even K-Uno. do the same one. Oh, Rob, yeah, then Rob, then Corey. K Uno reminds me of CP3. Yes. Straight that's up. yeah. Yes. Straight up. Straight up. 
Straight up. I was going to say with a little dash of 2021 Sterry in terms of the fact that he has dropped into a situation to where he wasn't initially the starter. Just, just that's true. He wasn't. uh, He wasn't initially the starter. It's a position that he's he's listed on the rosters as a wide receiver, a quarterback, a linebacker, and a strong safety. He plays four different positions, much like Sterry having to convert back to quarterback after playing in the secondary professionally before return, you know, joining the A7FL. The arm isn't the same. I'm not going to say that. I don't know about the leadership because we haven't really seen the Hunters get truly, truly tested yet. They played the Insomniacs, and they played, I believe, the Gold. The gold. And that was a close yeah, game. but qua- yeah. yeah. But the, we haven't seen them play the Pit Bosses yet, and we're going to see that real soon. And I think that this kid has the potential, but we haven't seen the full extent of his talent yet. We haven't seen what his arm really can do in those situations. But the CP3 comp is right on the money, in my opinion. And I I also have Gaither. I have one for Gaither. Well, let, well. let me let me just do real quick is Kuno because first shouts out to Kuno because he's been dedicating the season to uh, his brother that he lost. Right, right. So that's that's you know one of the things that I think is driving him, and you know his talent is there, but obviously having that extra motivation is going to keep you focused. But I, I also think that we have yet to see what he really can do in the pass game. Because if you think about it, remember that Madden close-up shot that we thought was a touchdown and the guy yeah. dropped it? And then the next play, he rolls around, goes back and forth, zigzag, Fran Tarkenton, you know, doing his Darnell Richardson impersonation. My guy over there, uh, Lex Luthor for the kryptonite. Um and then he he dotted a guy, you know, you know, finding the guy as everybody, all the chaos around him going back and forth and hit him in the hands and then another drop. So I think we're going to, we've yet to see the extent of the pass game because let's be fair. And I think we should circle back this back all the his way around. Teammate, after we his do the teammates comps. were dropping the fucking ball. Yeah. But also they're in a goddamn wishbone and I'm going oh, to publicly God. hate that as much as possible when I can uh, say expletives on the broadcast. I'm just going to hint at it. But we'll, I, I think we could circle back, circle back around because I wish we did K-Uno last because then we could kind of segue into that. But I think K-Uno with CP3, um, that's a great comp because it, the level of competition looks like it's there. We've talked to the kid multiple times. Seems like a really good dude. Real good dude. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that matters when you're leading guys. You know, he's put in a tough position, which is interesting that Matt brought that up with Sterry. Um, I think the throwing motion with Sterry, we always looked at it and was like, yeah, that's that's a pretty polished. I think not that Kuno doesn't have, you know, the capability of throwing the ball. I just think the, we have we would have to see more. Like exactly. even trying to diagnose Kuno now, we would have to see more. But put K- it in perspective. But listen, let's let's just be frank. We don't even have to sugarcoat shit. If listen, listen, but make sure your teammates are listening here. This is the Hunters, right? This is Kuno's the quarterback for the Hunters, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. K um K Uno, please make sure your quarter your other quarterbacks are listening. Make sure your running back is listening. Make sure your O line is listening. Your coaches, your receivers. If you run wishbone against the pit bosses, they're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> I I don't it's think I can say it any clearer than that. They're going to destroy y'all if y'all run that wishbone shit. And this is me with my years of experience in this league. It is not going to work. It's too many people in that backfield. Like, y'all making football so complicated. Keep it simple, stupid. My coach used to tell me that shit all the time. It Don't make it complicated. 
because they're going to put four on the line. No matter how many people you got back there, they're going to put four on the line and rush the dog shit out of you. And, and I think we should, Smith is not a joke. I absolutely think that we should we should circle back around to the to some of the some of the scheme stuff because I think that would be a, another wonderful present for all of those listening. But I think the CP3K Uno, I think that's great. Now you went you went to Gaither. Gaither reminds me of Billy D. Billy D. Nice. You said that, and and it's it's funny because that's that's when we started talking. That's when that's when I was playing in this league and I was showing up to games, playing my best. And going home, so I don't even know. I don't even know that guy. The guy guys can do their research. Far. Billy D. Nice. Um, Billy D. Nice was a guy I hated. He was on my team, and I hated <laughs> Billy D. Nice. And he knows this. Listen, Billy D. knows this to this day. I love him as a person, but I hate his football style because I don't understand how a guy that big and looks that slow is cooking top tier corners. It made no sense to me. But the way Gaither was up, going up top on people, that's how Billy D was. Billy D was that guy. Regardless of how I felt about him, he was actually that good and really fucking people up, like, up top. So, you know, I, I'm wrong sometimes. Here's an interesting one. Trey Robinson and OG Buck. How about this? How about, Ooh, oh, my God, shit. we're about to get really, really spicy. How about this? Rob, who would you take right now? I know what you're gonna say. To oh, me. who would I take? Wait, based on what? Trey Robinson or OG Buck right now? Who's a better quarterback? Oh, I can't. I can't take Trey. I can't take Trey. I can't take Trey. Why anybody not? Anybody, I can take Trey over anybody in Vegas because only reason that is is because Trey has seen East Coast, um, A7 before. Trey has been here. He knows what's up. He's seen it. He knows what's 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 necessary. He knows what it takes. So I would have to take him over anybody in Vegas. But the experience that Buck comes with, I, Absolutely. Can't, I couldn't That's, trade that. I couldn't but but that. here's the thing. Buck comes with all but that I, experience, but he comes with all the the injury baggage. That's the well, that's I, the that's the issue is the playoff experience is there, but the two game and, and Corey Rob, you're the guys who bring this up the most. When the game was on the line, who yeah, wants the ball Robin. more? Who don't put that don't put that in Rob's court. Rob has <laughs> never got my back on this. I'm not giving credit for it. But how about this? I'm gonna put you both in a hot seat. Who's a better runner right now, based on what you've seen in two weeks from Trey, which may be unfair to say. Who's a better runner? Okay, well, no. No, no, no. Between Trey and OG Buck. Oh, I thought you were saying Trey and um okay, Uno. Um between Trey and OG Buck, Trey, Trey looks his recent. Trey bias. looks faster. Trey looks, Trey looks faster, faster he looks smoother, looks right? Faster than because, now, and I think that is and a lot of is because Trey, it's option one and option one A. It's not option one, option two. He's, I think they're always in an RPO because of the right. speed of that offense and the arena style that Coach Bartley is trying to set up in in the pit boss's offense. I think that RPO is way more ever-present than it is for Buck. And also, Buck has pack. He has pack. So has packs. So Buck doesn't need to run as much. Oh, I mean, I, I besides Anthony Smith, who's a defensive stud, I'm sorry, I don't remember too many other people sticking out. On yeah, but we're just. I just want to talk about just those two dudes. When you're just looking at their game, so what I what I'm saying is, is obviously I think OG Buck 
is one of the best minds and designers of offense, callers of right. offense. We we give him credit for that all the time. One of the greatest play calls in the history of, of the A7FL was when he put himself in the position for the double pass and they did the Maryland right. special on the backside. We love all of that stuff with Buck. Coach Bartley's the coach over there at, for the pit bosses, so none of this is going to be comparable because I don't even know if Trey – like Buck says about Huff, which is it a lie. I know for a fact that Trey doesn't call the same amount of plays that OG Buck does, but I'm just talking about as the position filler of the quarterback, because guess what? Since OG Buck is taking himself, oh man, I don't want to turn it into this, but Merry Christmas. Since Every OG week. Buck is taking himself out in the fourth quarter, putting Lanny Menzel and he's saying he's still calling the plays. He could call the plays for Trey. Let's be honest. That's some, that's an option that Matt put out for rock Briscoe for the forces as a Christmas gift last week. So Who's a better runner? I think it's absolutely Trey Robinson. He looks smoother. He looks faster. Yeah. He looks like he's I, a I better runner. Not that not that OG Buck is not good at running. Let's be clear. No, no, this no, is no. Not yeah, it's not. It's not a slight like, Buck. It's just Trey looks like a better runner. Matt said. Not... Matt said OG Buck, and then all of a sudden, me like, me trying not it's to like... be an asshole. It turned into no, me doing it, it, it and now like... I'm just trying. But Look at it like this. Look at it like a, this. Who has a more fluid and 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 better looking throwing motion? Not OG the actual Buck. delivery. It's Buck. Nah. It's, Buck. it's, Buck. it's, clo- it's close. Motion, it's not close. It's close. Here's the reason why I say it's close is because we've seen we've seen as close to Buck ceiling as we'll ever see. We've seen Buck play actual comp. We we're but not that's but yeah, Buck. but that's what I was gonna follow up with though. We okay, haven't cool, cool. seen Trey play the force, which is right. the most equitable comp we can give because they're a playoff team. Once we start seeing him play against that competition or go up against L.A. or going up against different divisions, I think when we start seeing that in the playoffs or start seeing him evolve in this fall league into the spring, that season we're going to see a more composed and more polished Trey Robinson if the path they're going on stays that way. Because variables are a motherfucker, especially in this league. You know, you know who Trey Robinson reminds me of? Who? A young McQueen. Shut up. Anyway, we got to remember, Vegas is in a bubble no. right now, right? No. Vegas isn't. Stop. Please stop. Please Why? stop. Bro, are you kidding? Do you remember who McQueen was when he first came out? How exciting yeah. he was? He was doing the HBK celebration after <laughs> touchdowns and shit. Trey McQueen, Robinson has put a 50 points in his first two appearances on national television. Listen, oh, listen what are we to me, talking about? To, no, no, no. Listen that's to me. Listen to me. Like to me. And, that's what, and that's what I was doing, right? That's what I was going to say. We are in a bubble. We are in the Vegas bubble. Let us, let us not lose ourselves in this bubble and We're doing the that... great value version, so that's implied. <laughs> I hate Corey. Listen, we're in a bubble. We have to respect where we are and understand that we're not really comparing these guys to outside this young, bubble. Young right? McQueen was smooth, athletic in the pocket, was was Bro, juking dudes, making a miss. Zero had, had that Had that quick flick release. Does there Trey Robinson not have a quick compa- flick release? There was zero comparison. Trey and, Robinson right now, and, the only benefit that the pit bosses and Trey Robinson have right now is if I had to pick a team out of the East, away from the West, East, that I had to, uh, yeah, out of the West, to say that they can compete on the East, I would have to take Trey and, and the pit bosses because of what I saw, the defense they run, Anthony Smith and Trey Robinson leading that team. I would definitely pick those two, th- that team in its entirety, to go play eight games in New Jersey and watch them go five and two. I, 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 I can see that. Five and three. I can see that. That's very possible. 
Very possible. That was one of my best seasons. <laughs> in a five and three season, losing it was in to New the Jersey, top two. Though. No, right. Hey, losing to the top Jersey, two though. in Jersey, losing to the Gators with a quarterback in Baltimore or rare breed. It can happen. They can compete though. But I'm not, I'm not got I'm not about to sit here and say Trey Robinson is McQueen at He reminds prime. me of a prime. In two That's weeks, tough. we've seen Trey Robinson put up 50 points easily, and he goes on the sideline, and he's talking all yeah. that spice. So that's what I'm saying, and you kind of – Trey Rob- So mm. this is this is more of a confirmation that you saying that courage is the great value because you just got mad that I, 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 <laughs> I compared the MVP of the Vegas so far, which is Trey Robinson. I've comp- I'm compared the MVP to a guy that split time with you on a run that you didn't win the championship at quarterback. Who? And you got mad. McQueen. McQueen. We did win the championship when he split time. No, no, no. I was talking about the year. I mean, he, he split well, he, time. He got hurt. Season. He did not play. He did not play in the championship. I was talking about the year before when he was splitting time with CJ. Oh, no. Yes. We should have won that year, but CJ lost his mind. But that's 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 for another show, another pod, another everything. That's a rewind. Listen, that's, listen, that's, listen. That's that canned when idea we can, that we're, listen, we're doing when later. We can do, when we Solid can do a low. rewind and talk about the Chiefs versus BIC. Well, you guys, you guys want to break some news? You want to break breaking news? I got my breaking news. I want to keep. I want to keep breaking hearts out there. And keep, <laughs> nah, I don't want to break no more. The, hearts. Break Aaron, the news, we have, after discussions with a seven FL management, um, earlier today, starting in twenty twenty three, the three on one podcast will no longer just be an audio show. Starting. <laughs> Starting in starting when we return the first week of 2023, which is according to the calendar on my computer, we'll be taping uh, our. Uh, it'll be uh, January 3rd is the uh, is the target for this. Uh, we will be doing a video version of the podcast every week on top of the audio version of the show. I like it. So we've been actually doing the last couple of shows last three or four shows um using some technology that we've been testing for the 2023 season and we've been on and we've been on camera (laughs) yes the sangria bobby episode was an episode where we had the cameras on and there were moments where we were watching the game i would flip over and someone wasn't my man had a nightcap on. He was holding a teddy bear. And I saw a bit, you know, in the comic books, they have the speech bubbles. My man had a gigantic Z, bold italicized, right in that motherfucker. Just one Z. Done up. I was <laughs> done up, bro. For 15 cups of sangria, bro. I was done. It was 15? I thought it was 14. That makes it no, not as, it not worse. But it's like a fish story. I got confirmation it was 15. <laughs> You always out loud say it's less but than But we will we'll be doing a video version of the podcast, and I can tease this. Starting opening week, the week of opening week, the podcast will occasionally be live. The three-on-one podcast occasionally will be live. Now, how often are we going to be live? I'm going to be 100% transparent. It's going to depend on the guest. It is 100% going to depend on the guest and whatever the fuck we're talking about that week. Because the thing I've learned working in broadcasting the last decade and a half 
and it's really depressing. I just passed my fifth. I passed my fifteenth anniversary in October of talking into a microphone for for other people and not just for myself. Um, doing live broadcasting creates situations to where the first time I ever called college basketball was in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I'm on the mezzanine of Kingsborough Community College, and we're on the radio. This guy walks by, clear as day. Oh, shit, you on the radio? <laughs> so he knew you were on the radio, too, and then he Yeah. <laughs> That's this guy, this, I'm a fucking 19, 20-year-old idiot with a head f- headset on with a guy running a board next to me, and we're plugged into a phone line. No, I work for fucking Bell Telephone, asshole. But we're going to be doing a whole Back bunch then, of... Every wasn't everyone and their mother wasn't doing a podcast. That's so true. Of course you were doing That is radio. true. Um, but we will be doing the podcast on video starting uh, the next episode. We'll be off next week. Uh, we were supposed to be off this week. But we decided to give ourselves a Christmas present and talk with our friends for about two hours. So that's always fun. <laughs> um, but... As we wrap up the first year, well, the year, you know, the 2022 uh, A7FL year, uh, we're going to be looking ahead. And in two weeks, when we do our first video episode, we're going to be making some 2023 predictions. We might have A7FL President Ryan DePaul on the show. We might have a whole bunch of shit. But um, until next time, for Corey Hammond, for Bachata Bob Fabian, a.k.a. Big Rob, a.k.a. Sangria Bobby. I'm Matt Ryan. This has been the 3-on-1 Podcast. And for the last time in 2022, don't be an asshole. I'll try.